Star Wars with sucky lightsabers. She did. It is. I, it is. So, it is a direct ripoff of Star Wars. I am positive of it. Have you ever looked at them side by side? Oh, what do we have here? It's a young male orphaned protagonist who, for his own safety, has been sent to live with his aunt and uncle until a mysterious bearded stranger, who's actually the one to deliver him to his aunt and uncle when he was a baby, comes into his life and starts to teach him about this ancient kind of magic. Granted, he's gonna learn a lot more about this magic from an older, wiser wizard who's high most of the time. Regardless, his uncle is totally against this magic stuff. He won't even tell him what really happened to his parents, but against his uncle's wishes, he leaves home for the very first time, makes some new friends, meets a pretty, impetuous young girl, and though there will be an odd sexual tension between the two of them throughout, he will only ever love her like a sister while she struggles with the feelings that she has for his best friend, the scruffy comic relief. It's Camera Action. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As you all know, I am Ross Bacon, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? And as you should definitely know by now, we are a podcast who cracks open a beer and we talk about some movies. Now, this month, we are starting off uh, our Harry Potter month. So we're going to be talking about all the Harry Potter movies. And I'm sure because Mike's read them, the books will come up as well. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. a big Harry Potter fan. Yeah, big so Harry Potter fan. We will be focusing on the Harry Potter uh, series. We will not be talking about crimes of grindelwald or fantastic beasts or whatever the fuck because i haven't seen them nor do i ever care to see them and i don't think anybody gives a shit if we talk about those <laughs> so the first one's okay but it's nothing special yeah it's basically just you know keep trying to find money out of that harry potter cash cow but um before we get into all those movies why don't we talk about what we're drinking so mike what do you got all right so visiting ross's favorite with, hey. a, with a beer that is probably more appropriate for next week's episode because of uh, the tr the challenge in the lake, but I'm going with Ship Bottoms Mermaid Blondale. Nice, it's a good one. I think this is my first time not having Ship Bottom, but reviewing it on the podcast. I think I've actually reviewed that one on the podcast before. <laughs> All right, so, I mean, as far as Blondales go, this is really good. I, I'm a fan of Blondales. I don't think it's doing anything too exciting or different, but it doesn't matter. It tastes really good. Yeah, I think I did that one for Disney because I dotted it into Little Mermaid. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And but, it's 5% uh, uh, alcohol. So, yeah, it's a, you, can, you can drink a lot of these. Yeah, they're pretty, it's pretty easy going. And yes, as far as Blondes go, it is, it's a better one. But again, yeah, it's not. I can knock your socks off, but it's definitely pretty good. But, yeah, if you like a Blondale, you'll definitely enjoy this. Yeah. So, uh, for me, on the other hand, I went with uh, Demon Blanc by uh, Bonesaw, which is a uh, in Glassboro. It's a Belgian-style wit beer, 5.5%. And I went with it because, you know, the whole demons thing, that's Harry's a wizard, there's dementors, there's demons and witches and the little the little cover art girl looks like a Tim Burton creation, which would fit very well in parts of these movies. <laughs> so I don't think I ever I reviewed Le Petit Demon, not yeah. that one. Yeah, this is the like Whitbeer version of that, I think. But um, it's really good. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good uh, good Belgian ale, and it's uh, or Whitbeer, but it's it's very good. Reminds me of um one of the Jersey girls I had the other week. It's uh, the second one I had, like the Elysium whatever or something or other. Yeah. But, uh, it's really good. 
Yeah, it's I mean, Belgian style wheat beers are like good because you they taste like beer, but they also don't, and they're also like really easy to drink. Yeah, that's true. They're really good. Yeah, I do like Belgian styles a lot. Yeah. So, and plus that in Belgium is over across the pond where Harry Potter is. And so tonight we're going to be talking about the first three movies of the series. We're going to be talking about Sorcerer's Stone or depending on if you're over across the water, it's the Philosopher's Stone. Stone. Because apparently us Americans don't understand what a philosopher is. Yeah, we don't know who the fuck that is. And then uh, we'll be talking about Chamber of Secrets and Prisoner of Azkaban after that. um, I'm very excited about this week. I love the first and third movies so much. The third being my favorite. Yeah, of of these three, I would say the third is absolutely my favorite. But um, yeah, my wife is a massive Harry Potter fan. She loves all the books. She loves all the movies. We went and saw these all when they first came out, and uh, yeah, it's I, I'm I'm okay. I'm just gonna go up right up front. I'm not up front. I'm not like the. This is not the first movie I'm gonna pick to watch. These movies, these Harry Potter movies. Like, I don't mind them. Some of them I just find really fucking silly. Like, the first two I find real fucking silly because they're just, to me, it's just little kids going through puberty for the first two. <laughs> for the first well, two the first, so, the first two movies are, if you're going to say any of them are kids' movies, it's the first two. Oh, absolutely. They're the ones that have a happy ending. You know, they're all of that. Everything's wrapped up in a nice little Harry Potter bow with a little, little, little hint of what's to come. After. Wait, it's like the first two. I'd say the second one takes a step up in darkness from the first one. Not a huge step up. Then the third one, you take the big, like the first big step into darker territory. Yeah. I mean, well, the second one, you got those like spiders and you got the snake, the basilisk at the end. Yeah. It's pretty intense for little kids. But uh... And like, I, I would say in the first one, like, spoiler alert, if you haven't, if you haven't watched the Harry Potter movie or read a Harry Potter book yet, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, and just by sheer cultural osmosis, you should know most of the stuff we're going to talk yeah. about. <laughs> Harry Potter bled into the, like, everywhere so seamlessly that we pretty much used everything. <laughs> and you can really thank Harry Potter for the young adult uh, books being made into movie fad of the 2000s. Oh, absolutely. They did it first and they did it best. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hunger Games, I think, started strong and then kind of trailed off, especially when they milked that last, those last two movies. Oh, the last movie did not have to be a two-parter for the Hunger Absolutely Games. Absolutely not. And then, of course... Even there- this, even yeah. this, Harry Potter, like, Harry Potter 7, I don't think is the longest book, but the books are long enough to warrant a two-parter, like... Yeah. The, and- the Spoiler alert, part one is the worst Harry Potter movie. Yeah, because that's that's like the that's like the first egregious cash grab of the that style of the young adult series getting split. The last one getting split into two movies. Obviously, because this one did it first, but then there's Hunger Games is the worst, and then of course there's that old vampire series that we're not going to ever talk about unless Mike and I come up with a suicide month, you know. <laughs> so there's there's Twilight and those, hey, those last hey, two Eclipse, not that bad. Yeah, it's in focus. But 
yeah that that those last two movies it's basically just like the first movie is just kind of like they might as well be staring at their watches and then looking at the screen and being <laughs> like you're here for two hours what the fuck are you doing <laughs> but the thing with those movies versus the hunger the hunger games made up a conflict in like in order to shoe on like oh something has to happen here <laughs> right and then you have like then you have the two i would i'll call them the failed series because maze runner that never got a third one did it it did it did yeah did anyone care <laughs> no nah, no one really cared I, but i'll be honest maze runner like i read the maze runner books when i because i was i was a young adult during the young adult fiction craze so yeah. i read the maze runner books the first maze runner book is one of my all-time favorites i but I hate the series for what it became because the first book was so damn interesting. And then it's like, oh, it's zombies. Fuck you. And that that first movie, I remember watching and being like, nothing's happening. And then the last five minutes, it's like, oh, everything's happening and we're setting up a franchise. I was like, oh, fuck off. you know. But then, of course, there's the other failed one, which is the Divergent series, which... That one never got the final movie, I don't think. And I think yeah, it, got a, like, it got a three-part one. It never got a three-part two. Right. And then even the part two, they were trying to kick the TV or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like they were really trying to stop them. Then Shailene Woodley was like, Yeah, no, I have big little lies and whatever that dying cancer teenager movie is she's in. And then she had a career, you know. <laughs> and everybody else yeah. just kind of was like, oh well. <laughs> It's funny. You're seeing a lot of these failed series. HBO is like, oh, we need stuff for HBO Max. Let's make, let's, let's do a, let's do like a six episode thing on this. Right. And Which honestly is better. Game of Thrones showed that that is better, a better way to do books because when, you can fit everything in. When you give a shit. Yeah, when you give a shit. <laughs> for those first six seasons, Game of Thrones gave a shit. And then all of a sudden it was like, light at the end of the tunnel, fuck it. <laughs> you know? Well, the other thing was, is they ran right. out of source material. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's And that's what these movies had going for them. They had the books coming out, co like coinciding with the movies, basically. And they knew what they were doing because they had somebody with a cohesive vision somewhere like an unnamed kevin feige like of the harry potter universe like guided these movies and basically was like look here's our story this is how we start and of course these kids are rapidly growing to becoming adults by the end of this movie about the end of the series so we got to figure out something and they were like hey how about we make it kid friendly and then grow with the actors and we'll make it adult movies by the end of this you know so it's yeah. like hey perfect well that's how the books did it too yeah really and i mean and recently suzanne collins has not been the public's favorite person for her anti-transsexual tweets and stuff like that i shouldn't have said that i should not have said that i shouldn't have said that wait why you dragging suzanne collins she's the hunger games chick you're taking jk rowling oh fuck <laughs> My bad, Suzanne Collins. My bad. It's J.K. Rowling. I was going to say, holy shit, what did Suzanne Collins do? My bad, Suzanne Collins. I thought J.K. Rowling was the horrible human being. What did Suzanne ever do? 
So yeah, Suzanne, Miss Collins, if you're listening, we apologize. We did not. I'm mean so to sorry. Say. I did not mean to slander you there, that right. J.K. Rowling. I did mean to slander you. Well, it's yeah, not slander. You, it's true. You is suck. It? And these movies aren't exactly. Uh, you can. You. Can, I will say you can, and I'll blame it on J.K. I will not blame it on Chris Columbus or Alfonso Cuaron for the Prisoner of Azkaban. Holy shit, Roma's Alfonso Cuaron. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, wait, I recognize that name. And I looked up his credits. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this guy did Gravity? This guy did uh, Roma? Holy hell. But of course, we have Chris Columbus, who is, we previously mentioned, Home Alone. <laughs> and this guy, and he's working with John Williams. So you got them both again. And these two dudes are obviously these guys in these at least these three movies are obviously working what JK gave them. But at some point, you can see the bleeding in of JK's like either racism or definitely her anti-Semitism because the goblins or whatever that run the bank, mm-hmm. they're absolutely Jewish, like like out like um stand-ins. And then there's the whole mud blood thing and the pure blood wizards. It's like, oh, so we're doing Nazis. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, but at least that is set up for you to root for the mud bloods. Obviously, yeah, you're not yeah, you're not you're not rooting for the mouth Mal- for Mal- <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter from the point of view of the pure blood. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Harry's a menace. <laughs> He's a menace. (laughs) (laughs) Harry Potter in the first movie where Draco goes, you'll find that some wizarding families are worse than others. I can help you out with that. And Harry's like, cool. Yeah. Shakes his hand. (laughs) Sure thing, buddy. (laughs) You seem like a stand-up guy. Right, yeah. You're a good There is actually a crazy fan theory about um, why why, uh, why Lucius didn't step in immediately yeah well start so the theory is that oh who could defeat voldemort except a more powerful dark wizard so lucius wanted malfoy to try to be friends with harry to really gauge where he stood on like the spectrum of good and evil because before they wanted to outright go against harry they wanted to be like hey maybe this guy is better than voldemort okay i can see that yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I have my own fan theory about these, and it's that Harry is a cult leader. He just doesn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> he has no clue that he is the leader of a cult. <laughs> because so, everybody worships him. He has mm-hmm. no idea why. He is clearly the second coming of whatever. He's the Messiah. He's the savior of these people. And of course, there is that, like every good cult has, there is that like greater evil or whatever. And that's, of course, Voldemort. (laughs) And, you know, all of these things are all there. And then you can see like the teachers as being like, well, Snape at first, because you don't know Snape's deal right away. You think he's just like a dick. So you can see him as kind of like. No, wait, no, no. Snape is a fucking dick. And I I will die on that hill. What he did at the end. Cool. He did. He went against Voldemort. Whatever. He saved. Uh, he was protecting Harry the whole time. He still bullied two orphans. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh no. Absolutely. He's not a great guy, but he's still on the quote-unquote good side. 
Yeah, he's just, but he's, he's really the bad worst of the good guys. <laughs> he's just really bad at it. And, but and like, it's you even can, worse in the books. Oh, yeah. You can see him as like the FBI, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to covertly take down David Koresh, a.k.a. Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's the CIA. Yeah, they're right. going against criminals, but they're also possibly getting neighborhoods addicted to crack. <laughs> right. Yeah, he, there's something going on there. But yeah, he is. So yeah, my theory is that that Harry is a he's a cult leader. He just doesn't he just doesn't know. <laughs> but well, when... in the book, in the first book, the opening scene is Uncle Vernon going to work before he had before Harry is put in his care. Okay, and now there's a Uncle bunch of Vernon... wizards out in robes celebrating, and Uncle Vernon's like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> Uncle Vernon's a piece of shit. Um, the whatever family, right? Yeah like is it dudley or whatever the fuck yeah dudley's dad yeah everyone's favorite child abuse uh sitcom that they start all these movies with <laughs> well there's also the uh there's the other theory that you find out harry's a horcrux and you saw what holding having a horcrux in their possession did for a very short time in seven part one like the aggression so there's a theory that voldemort's soul in harry like made these people worse people i can see that i mean but yeah i mean it's it's like uh it's like it's like dickensian how bad these people are so it's yeah. very british to do this thing that they do and fuck Voldemort for not setting harry up with like an apartment and like a maid dumbledore <laughs> or yeah dumbledore i'm sorry yeah you know voldemort died let me set this kid up <laughs> Fuck it, my last act of evil. <laughs> I'm gonna make him. Wait, 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 wait! This kid—he has money too. He has money. Like, hey, again, like a cult leader. <laughs> he just has no idea. <laughs> let let McGonagall raise him. <laughs> right. Let somebody raise him. Like, like McGonagall. McGonagall would have been strict, but Harry would have known that he was cared about with her. Right, and the Weasleys clearly give a shit about him, and they got a thousand kids. Why not just throw one, one more in the mix? Well, that so he didn't know the Weasleys. Like, I'm sure the Weasleys, but they didn't know that he was going to be best friends with Ron. Well, no, I'm saying like, because obviously they know the family is established in Hogwarts, and they're known in the Wizard World because they're basically like the pieces of shit of the Wizard World, <laughs> you know. But I mean, a Dumbledore absolutely had to have known about the Weasleys, so he could be like, "Oh, I got this orphan kid here. Can you guys take him in and live in your shoe or whatever the fuck you live in?" You know, like, but hey, this kid has money too, so yeah. like, <laughs> he'll set you up. He'll pay the bills. He won't even know, you know. And then just bring him to school when he turns thirteen or whatever it is. Or hell, like if you did McGonagall, have Lupin come in. We'll we'll get more into that when the third movie rolls around about how mismanaged the serious black situation was. <laughs> There's there's a lot of like Hogwarts itself should be under investigation. Are we sure Voldemort's the villain? Because it really could be Dumbledore. Right. There's a lot of bad administrative decisions going on in Hogwarts, and they really do need like some sort of uh child well, services investigation. <laughs> with the serious black thing, it, it's more the ministry of magic, which really does become a side villain by the end anything with the word ministry attached to the beginning of it is usually never a good thing 
Because I would argue that Cornelius Fudge is the worst villain. Like, he's a villain of stupidity, which is the worst kind of villain. Oh, he's like the like the inspector or whatever. He he's the head of the Ministry of Magic. He's the one in like in the third movie. He's the one that goes, "We don't expel kids for blowing up their ants." Right, 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 right. He's in charge of like the magic government in England. Oh, okay, yeah, and, and course- he's the one that refuses to believe Voldemort's back and basically gives Voldemort a full year to gather power. Of course, because and no one notices that. Every year at the beginning of the school year, some new nefarious plot pops up that involves Harry fucking Potter. Well, no, 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 no. So Voldemort always waits till the end of the school year to go after Harry. He cares about his education. Well, he does wait. Yeah, he but he waits for that whole school year to at least start. It never happens over summer vacation. <laughs> no, no, which you think it would, the only person that attacks him over summer vacation is the Ministry of Magic because right. they send the Dementors. Yeah. yeah, those fucking things. Jesus, straight out of like scary stories to tell in the dark. Those things are nuts. But why don't we officially start talking about that first movie? So yeah. we'll start talking about Sorcerer and or Philosopher's Stone, whatever side of the pond you fall on. Um, but I will say the kid acting in this is very split. It's Dan Radcliffe and Tom Felton, uh, Potter and Malfoy, who are great. <laughs> They're great little act kid actors. And then there's Rupert Grant and Emily, and Emily or Emma Watson or whatever the fuck. Which Emma Watson gets better. Like she is god awful in these first two movies. She is just really, really bad. <laughs> but she does like by the third movie, she's significantly she is better in the third movie. Yeah. And then of course I think actually as she obviously matured as a human and in the, as an actress, she's better as we go. <laughs> But her character's also kind of a little shit know-it-all, you know? Yeah. And it's just watching her with her giant, like, crazy-haired wig or, like, mane and that, like, teased well, out. Well, that's the thing. Hair. So, with that, Hermione's description in the books is not what Emma Watson becomes by of the end. Not. They never are. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, anyway. So, I think this first movie is the one that you can say, that's, like, magical, like... I, there are some scenes in this movie that I'm like, brings me directly back to my childhood and I love it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, and even despite having like the 2001 CGI, like they, they still pull it off pretty well, you know, they, they're, they're, they work well with what they got, you know? Like I love, love the first time that Harry goes to Diagon Alley. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Like all that stuff is really cool. It's like that's up there with not not on the same level as Welcome to Jurassic Park, but like slightly less version of it where like, wow, this is magical. And I know a lot of people disagree and I have the nostalgia factor. I get it. Of course. Yeah, it's it's like for me, like watching I'm like, okay, there's another part of the wizard world we're getting introduced to. Like, where's like like Nocturne Alley is what I really want to see. Like we're like, you know, the wizard hookers and the wizard drug addicts like to hang out and all that. <laughs> well, apparently it's right next to Diagon Alley because Harry- Yeah, it's and- <laughs> like literally next door. You you can accidentally get there by going through the wrong chimney, apparently. <laughs> That's, <laughs> you know, most underappreciated character in these movies is Hagrid. Hagrid's the best. Good old Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty good, but yeah. And it's, 
I mean, I guess while we're talking about the acting, we do have to mention the the sickly elephant in the room, which is Richard Harris as Dumbledore Part One, <laughs> you know, version one, because yeah. he is replaced by Michael Gambon in the third one due to his death. So, mm-hmm. and in these movies, you can tell that Richard Harris is not doing well. The man is not doing well. He is not exactly playing old and decrepit. He he's old and on the way out the door. So. Mm-hmm. But Dumbledore actually, like, he, in in these, in the first two movies, you're like, wow, this is, this is miscasting, you know? They really should have found, like, Gambon's an actor at this point. He's not like he just showed up for the, the, the third movie. Like, he's <laughs> well, I love, I love the whole uh, thing where people often confuse, I guess, Sir Ian McKellen and Michael Gambon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the two old wizards. <laughs> right. And uh, apparently... Uh, when they were having a discussion, uh, so if Sir Ian McKellen said if someone mistakes him for Michael Gambon and asks for a signature, he will sign it Michael Gambon. That's so great. I love that. That's also like an old British actor thing that I can see them doing because yeah. it's like, like British politeness that they don't want to correct them, so they just go. Autographs. <laughs> <laughs> well, also Michael Gambon is closer to what Dumbledore is supposed to be in the books. Like yeah. Dumbledore is kind of supposed to be eccentric a little flamboyant and more important like with Richard Harris there's never a question of whether you not think Dumbledore has the best intentions at all times with Gambon you get the like yeah you get that he's morally good but you also get that he is deceiving the shit out of everyone yeah there's he definitely knows a lot more than what he does let on but that's of course that goes back to the very first thing he does with harry potter he kidnaps this kid puts him with the worst family on the planet and then he just expects him to not grow up to be a serial killer like harry potter should be jack the ripper (laughs) given this this family situation he's put in (laughs) harry potter shouldn't be the dark wizard the malfoys hoped he would turn out to be yeah, he should be like, oh, wait, Voldemort? Yeah, let's do this shit. All right. Oh, my you can bring back my parents? If I partner with you, you can... fuck yeah, dude. Let's do it, man. Let's get it done. Like, my godfather <laughs> like, oh, fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Dumbledore sticks me with abusive aunts and uncles. Voldemort, bring back my parents? Uh, which maybe one of these guys is actually evil? <laughs> Right, maybe rule the universe, maybe have it really good. All right, sure. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> you know where Harry gets all his gold from? Like where his family got their gold from? Nazis. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh his his grandpa uh made magical hair care products. Interesting. So he did like soul glow. <laughs> 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 That'd be great. Harry Potter's grandfather created Soul Glow. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Potter included. family is not in like the aristocracy level of like the Black family or uh, the Malfoys. Because I don't think the Potter family is technically pure bloods. By the no, way. aren't they like aren't aren't they technically aren't they humans? No, the Potters is, right? are half bloods. Oh, okay. Because Harry's mom is uh she's a human born she's yeah she's born. Yeah, one of them's like full on though yeah uh, harry's dad is a half blood 
Yeah. And Harry's it's not like it's not like Hermione, who it's very much a plot of contention between her and Malfoy that she is the scum of the earth human. <laughs> yeah, because uh, so pure bloods don't really have an issue with half bloods. Yeah, I mean, you'd think they would though, because wouldn't that be mixed racing to these Nazis? <laughs> <laughs> they they the only thing they care about is magic should come from magical parents. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't I'm not obviously I'm not. I hope people would know this. I'm not a clan member, but I'm pretty sure that they're against inner like culture or inner like interracial relationships. <laughs> so I would think that the Malfoys would have a problem with Harry simply because he doesn't have pure blood. Well, so I mean, the thing is, like, so Hagrid in the second movie says there is there's hardly any wizards left that aren't a half blood or <laughs> less, which. Which sounds like a lot of Nazi propaganda. <laughs> but it would make sense why purebloods eventually go like, all right, there's only like this many of us left. We got to concede and let the half-bloods in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's better than the other alternative, which is the royal family. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we're, we're getting Habsburg Empire up in here. <laughs> yeah, right, we're just going to be incest on incest. Let's get it done. <laughs> Let's make this family tree a stick. <laughs> We're going for the reef. Right. (laughs) I mean, there's so much in in these this first movie that it's it's funny because it's it's really is the children's movie. Like it's the little kids saving the day, and there isn't too much that's like horrifying. Like really. The first Quidditch game is so much fun. Yeah, it's pretty great. And like it's it's fun. It's like a fun little athletic contest. And you're like, yeah, this is this is fun. Harry, there's no real mystery as to whether or not Harry's gonna catch that fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's kind of like, okay, this is a cool new sport that's kind of like witches playing cricket or something. I don't know. <laughs> Water <laughs> polo, maybe. <laughs> so I I described this movie, so I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. It is my second favorite Harry Potter movie, but I would describe this movie as the lighthearted. It's a movie I would put on if I'm like, I feel like watching a movie, but think I'm going to doze off to it. Yeah. Like, if I'm, it's like, say it's like 11 o'clock at night, getting tired, right? But don't really want to actively fall asleep. I'll throw this on. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that because that's what my wife has done. And it's also because it's on like free form or something all the time. <laughs> so it's literally just on TV to be background noise for most people. <laughs> but yeah, so this movie has, again, I think it was a great choice to get the child actors and watch them raise those movies. Don't do the Percy Jackson bullshit where the first book they're supposed to be 12 and you cast 17 year olds. Yeah, and then yeah. they basically, they're like, oh, oh, five book series with a sequel series. We'll give you two movies. <laughs> yeah. Or you get, or you pull the whole, uh, the MCU with uh, Spider-Man and you get an older, you get a grown man that looks like a child to play Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But even Tom Holland, what was he, like 22 when Civil War came out? He wasn't a high schooler, I could say that. He wasn't a high schooler, but like, (laughs) look at Greece. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Well, there is that that long belief, that like, that historically held like um, proof that people in the 70s and 80s that were alleged teenagers 
like had the genetic makeup and the testosterone of like full grown adults, you know? <laughs> so that's why kids in the seventies and eighties that are allegedly 17 look like they're 35, you know? <laughs> it's like right, when so, you watch, uh, so Tom Holland was 20 when Spider-Man came out. Like that's fine to cast as a high schooler. He's supposed to be 16 or some shit, isn't he? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Fucking Greece, you had a 37-year-old playing a 16-year-old. Yeah, and that's that's the difference because they're going for in that movie, they're more going for like can they sing and can they dance? You know, it's they're not trying to go for you know attractive young actor, which is what the MCU is doing, but but upcasting a 16 like upcasting by four years is not a big deal in the movie world. And, and it's also not like unprecedented because you know Dawson's Creek they were they were supposed to be in high school as well and they were all in their mid twenties I think you know. Also, do you know how puberty works for most guys? Honestly, if you look at a guy when he's sixteen and a guy the same guy when he's twenty, usually not that big of a difference. Uh, I would I would beg to differ. There are serious differences between a guy that's like beginning like second year of high school versus second year of college there there's a big i mean there's a big difference. mental difference and stuff and like you're starting but like if i, I would say it's my, the opposite i would say the mental difference isn't that is negligible but the physical difference is it's very different <laughs> I, i'm saying if i shaved my beard right now i don't look that different from my senior portrait probably yeah but it's yeah i mean i could say that yeah from me at 16 to me at 20 i i yeah I maybe didn't look incredibly different, but I, yeah, like, I guess I'll, I'll walk it back and say, yeah, I probably did act a lot different, but. But, like, I mean, like, yeah, you, you definitely, like, fill out muscle-wise and stuff like that in those years. But it, in terms of, like, if you're, as long as you're not doing too many shirtless things, if you're just looking to have him in a t-shirt, you're, there's not that big of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> but in the MCU, he is, he is one of our beefcake heroes now, so he has to be shirtless at some point. But it's like, look what they keep doing to Hemsworth. You know, <laughs> they keep unnecessarily ripping his shirt off, but it happens. <laughs> but at least, yeah, but I think the Harry Potter, it's a good idea because it makes sense that you start with these kids as first year wizards and we're moving through school. So obviously we're growing with them, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, it makes, it obviously makes sense. And it, it's a good choice that they found good kid actors Mm-hmm. that they could if anything keep an eye on and make sure didn't become you know like the macaulay calkins or the Corey feldman's of the child acting world <laughs> it's funny if you look at what each of them did it's very true to their character after they were done with the harry potter so radcliffe kept purely acting yeah uh emma watson she continued to act but she also went and got like her master's degree and because she, I think she just retired from acting. Yeah. And then Rupert Grant bought an ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rupert Grant tried a couple indie things because that's what Macaulay Culkin did, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, but now I, I think he's married. I think he's running a successful ice cream truck. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, he's gotten money for the rest of his life. So there, there is no And as a kid, he said he wanted to buy an ice cream truck. So that's what he did. Yeah, and when you suddenly are a multimillionaire, that's what you fucking do, you know? <laughs> you just don't do, like, the John Wayne Gacy thing and kill people out of that ice cream truck, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, with this movie, there's just... 
as a cohesive movie, is it the best Harry Potter? Probably far from it. But there are just scenes that I just love in the first Harry Potter, like where Malfoy steals Neville's remember all and Harry chases him on the broom. And you think McGonagall's going to tear into him. But no, she's a huge Quidditch fan and wants this kid on her fucking team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do like that where she's like, all right. <laughs> she's like sticks and matches. <laughs> well, Maggie Smith is one of my favorite in this movie. I love Professor McGonagall. She is amazing. Well, she's a, she's a treasure herself, that Maggie Smith. And of course, you know, obviously there's there's Rickman as well. And I, I love the way, because Rickman is, and he's obviously playing him. If you're just watching the movies, you, you think this guy's just weird because every time he looks at Harry Potter, the looks he gives Harry are the, it's exactly the look that Mark Ruffalo gives Loki in in um, Thor Ragnarok. He yeah. gives him that like that like shocked eyebrow up kind of look like what? <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> occasionally occasionally it looks like uh, <laughs> Alan Rickman's going, "Oh god. Oh god, I got to fart. I don't know if it's going to be that. I don't I don't know what's coming out if I let this go." <laughs> <laughs> See, where's the mic? Where's the boom mic? Is it too close? Enough? But Alan Rickman is amazing, and he is, if he was diehard age Alan Rickman, or even a bit younger, it would have been perfect, because the character of Snape is only supposed to be in his early 30s in the first Harry Potter. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, to have Hans Gruber as Professor Snape, that would have been interesting. Now, this was my first exposure to Alan Rickman. Yeah, I mean, I I would argue that of people of a certain age, it probably is absolutely well because different. with the first well year to the first Harry Potter came out two thousand one two thousand one. This is like the first movie I actually remember going to see in movies. Yeah, you would have been four. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and, but I mean, like the whole Voldemort thing at the end fucking terrified me. Of course, yeah, yeah. When uh, Watto <laughs> Voldemort comes out. <laughs> But yeah, the first movie, if I was going to describe it, I do think it's magical. I think some scenes are absolutely magical. And it's very whimsical. And it is the kid movie of the group. But I love it for all those reasons. Yeah. And uh, I... I I love the fact that I can never remember the goddamn actor's name. But he's obviously... He's Walter Frey in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Um, He has a line in this movie that is fucking bone chilling but i love it it's when he says i miss the screaming (laughs) i was like holy shit that's terrifying (laughs) oh my god (laughs) he's about to kill his inborn sons his inbred i also i love uh i love when uh oh god what's the actor's name who uh professor quirrell ian hart Oh yeah, yeah. I love when he runs in with the troll. Troll in the dungeon. Thought you ought to know. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, David Bradley is uh Filch. Zargus Filch. But yeah, he he plays Walter Frey in Game of Thrones, obviously. And uh it's oh yeah. But then of course there's this whole just various different things about this universe. It's they have a Cerberus in the basement. Yeah, you know, and they also have centaurs just roaming around. Whose name the Cerberus's name is Fluffy. 
Right, of course it is. <laughs> and then ha- Hagrid, we find out in the next movie, has another very terrified dog named Fang. <laughs> Fang, yeah. Fang, that big old, like, bloodhound or whatever. I think he's a mastiff. Something like that, yeah. He's just a big fucking dog. Oh, I almost forgot. We can't forget to mention John Hurt as Ollivander. Yep, yep. That scene is guy. amazing. I love the Ollivander scene. They do it so well at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. That is one of my favorite things there to do the wand pairing. Yeah, where you got shit fucking up for the first couple times. Then you hear the music. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know your real wand's coming. <laughs> well, it's funny. They actually lead you to do it and they like, they tell you to do certain spells and they have like commands to make things go wrong and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they they obviously they put the thought in. They got to make it real because uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is incredible. Yeah, you know, incredible. it's Harry Potter. You, you can't half-ass it when it comes to that shit because people are going. Well, be that was it was supposed to be part of Disney, but uh, they wouldn't give J.K. Rowling any like control <laughs> over what it was supposed to look like. Oh. And Universal did. Well, so. That's probably why they only let the uh, the Jews in on one day a week. <laughs> and they don't let anybody who's potentially trans anywhere near the building. <laughs> Sorry again, Suzanne Collins. I did not mean to drag it in through the dirt. <laughs> Our bad. <laughs> Sorry to Suzanne Collins. <laughs> if you're actually listening, just know we really appreciate that you do that. <laughs> yes, thank you for your... Um... Thank you for your Hunger Games books. <laughs> I really enjoyed the first two. I want to be honest, though. The third one might be my least favorite book I've ever read. Not because of how bad it is, but because of how disappointing it was. I have the weirdest feeling. Okay, no, never mind. For some reason, I had a weird feeling that she was dead. <laughs> but it's somebody else. I was like, no. <laughs> Suzanne Collins is alive and well, and she is not uh, a, like a trans-hating anti-Semite. <laughs> you know? Unlike um, J.K. Rowling, who forever ruined the initials J.K. from anybody's first name. J.K. Simmons is bringing it back. <laughs> he's, he's bringing it back. Hey, it's, like, it's the J.K. spectrum. Evil right? side J.K. Rowling. Amazing side J.K. Simmons. <laughs> From Simmons to Rowling, and literally just JK in the middle. <laughs> yeah, if you just use JK for just kidding, just know you're somewhere right in the middle of JK Simmons and JK Rowling. <laughs> in the dead center. Unless it's like, I love trans people, JK. Then you're on the Rowling side. <laughs> <laughs> then you instantly go to Rowling. <laughs> right. And now if you say JK Rowling is a menace, then you're on the Simmons side. <laughs> but yeah, and then. There's, Where does John Cusack fall on the JK scale? Oh, uh, well, he's that's a C. Cusack starts with a C. Oh, is it? I thought it was a K. He's on the JC scale. Oh. <laughs> so from Joan to John. <laughs> from Jesus Christ to John. <laughs> Jesus Christ to the Cusack brothers. <laughs> Anybody with a J, John Cena is the center for that one. <laughs> John Cena is the chaotic neutral. <laughs> if you had John Cusack and Jesus Christ together and divide it by two, you get John Cena. <laughs> With a bunch of whey protein, you definitely got him. <laughs> you have bread and whey protein instead of fishes, and you get Jesus as John Cena. <laughs> but, yes, and it's... Then, of course, you know, we definitely get... 
at the end of this first movie, we get the very happy ending. And it's the, we, we suddenly get points to everybody and all that of the houses, because I think this is, again, like, who, whose line is it anyway? The points are made up and nothing matters, that kind of thing. Well, the points go to whoever Dumbledore wants people to go to. And because it's it, the main characters are Harry Potter and his two buddies, it's definitely going to be Gryffindor. But the best part about that, because the, the first movie is where they have Ron has to play the chess game, right? Yeah. So when Dumbledore's explaining why he's giving these points to these people, no one else was present for that shit. So you know everyone else was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then you know Dumbledore knew exactly what was going on and put these children in danger. Because as we've established, he has no problem doing that. Yeah, no. Dumbledore is on the good guy's side, theoretically, but like... Eh. I think I think he's kind of like Mo says, like he's a well wisher in the sense that he doesn't wish you any specific harm, <laughs> but <laughs> but he will absolutely put a thirteen year old in moral danger. He does not give a fuck. So that said, we could probably move on to our first beer check in my cousin beer. Doing good. Just about finished my first one. Moving on to my second. Yeah, I'm almost done my second one, but uh. Am I a demon blocked by Bonesaw? Bonesaw's ready. I don't think we've actually done that. We've had Bonesaw yet. I, yeah, I no. think we'd be remiss if we didn't do it now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, so now we're going to move on to the next movie in the line, the following year, 2002's uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Once again, directed by Chris Columbus. And in this time, we get the flying car where Randall Graves would be proud. <laughs> now, we are going to first open up with Dumbledore's most egregious act. He sends Harry back to the Dursleys. Every time. There's no Except the fourth movie. way. <laughs> I think it's the fourth movie where the Dursleys are not seen at all. Harry starts off at the Weasleys. But then the fifth movie, he's back at the Dursleys. Because why not? Like I said, it's it's America's favorite child to be a sitcom. But it's like, what are we doing? At a certain point, Harry's got to be like, no, I want a fucking apartment. I'm I'm living in London. Put me in the goddamn West End. I don't give a shit where I go. I'm not. Well, at that point, at that point, why why isn't Harry going to the Weasleys and saying like, hey, I can chip in around here. I have yeah. money. Let me live here. You're a caring family that loves me. Let me stay here. Yeah, and I'm a super wizard. I can clearly do anything I want if I put my mind to it. I can put a big old mansion on the side of this boot that we're living in. You know, I can do this. <laughs> or I can upgrade this flying car from a fucking Pinto <laughs> to one that actually doesn't want to kill us when we're done driving it. <laughs> hey, it doesn't want to kill them. It saves them. Yeah, after like throwing them out in the middle of the woods. <laughs> that car is sassy. I'm telling you, that car is a sassy fucking car. <laughs> but, and I, I do like how this one, um, everyone's starting to go through puberty. But Tom Felton clearly is the only one that got the growth spurt because he's like a foot taller than everybody. <laughs> but in a couple <laughs> scenes, they like kind of found a way to like Lord of the Rings him into being a normal scene again, size again. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's the, um. That, trouble of working with kid actors that are going through puberty some of them are going to get taller <laughs> well that's the issue too ron is supposed to be tall and lanky like his brothers i'm assuming yeah 
Yeah, Fred and George. We didn't even bring them up in the first movie, but I the casting of um God, I gotta look up the twins' names. Those dudes uh, are James awesome. and Oliver Phelps. And they're all they skipped school the to go to the they skipped school to go to the audition. And a great choice it was. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, those dudes, yeah, those dudes are great, especially like in the third one in Azkaban, where you kind of find out that they're like little like criminals. <laughs> like yeah. they're little petty thieves around Hogwarts. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, like with the first first two movies, they're they're you definitely tell that they're jokesters and like you they have them like pulling Harry aside and being like, Don't worry, no, no one's died and you no one will go missing, but they'll turn up eventually. <laughs> these got these dudes are like a combination of like they're like British Ferris Bueller or Zach Morris, you know? <laughs> These, these guys are into shit like all the time. They got schemes going at all times. <laughs> they would be great friends with Bart Simpson. Absolutely. But like, I can picture these guys doing like the Zach Morris, like timeout in the middle of Hogwarts. Cause in Hogwarts, you could probably fucking do that. <laughs> you can stop reality to do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. They don't get to start to shine until the next movie, really. In the third until one. Three. Yeah, but with yeah, in this one though, we are also introduced in this one to the evil dead within Hogwarts, which is the Whomping Willow, <laughs> a tree that will fuck you up beyond repair yeah. and not care. <laughs> also, we didn't bring up the ghosts for the first one. Nearly headless Nick. Nearly headless Nick, played by John Cleese, leader oh, of, of people's front of Judea. <laughs> <laughs> People's friend of Judea, fuck off. I haven't even gone back. I have the weirdest feeling that we're both misquoting that. Yeah. And I have not gone back to check it out because it's just too funny. Yeah, I mean, it might be Judea's people front, fuck it's off. Something like that, yeah. I know it's either Judea's people front or people's friend of Judea. I just forget which one they are and which one is the people they hate. Right. I mean, either way, it's hilarious. And nearly headless Nick. He is nearly headless because his head is still hanging on by like a thread. And you see a decapitated like stump in this child's movie, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, a ghost can get petrified by a giant snakey. Okay. Can we talk about the fact that once Walter Frey, and that's what I'm calling him. I'm not calling him by his Harry Potter name. His name is Walter goddamn Frey. When Walter Frey's cat gets petrified and there's like the written, the, like the written in blood message. I love how his first thought is because he found Harry at the scene was like this motherfucker froze my cat, killed my cat and wrote in his blood all over the wall. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Harry, yes, you're right, should be this type of serial killer. <laughs> Not, though. All you have to do is look at his hands to see there's no blood. Obviously. What, what Harry do? Run to the bathroom real quick, wash his hands, and come back to the scene of the crime? Blood o gone o. Oh my God, they probably got to clean up your fingerprint spell there. Well, I mean, they do have Levy Corpus, which is to make bodies float. <laughs> And then, of course, aren't there, like, the dark spells? Not just the dark arts, but, like, aren't there, like, the murder spells or some shit like that? Yeah. That to do? So there's got to be one that's, like, remove semen from corpse, remove blood from hands, clean up fingerprints <laughs> off of this body. Well, there is a big meme that's, like, why are there no teen pregnancies at Hogwarts? And they're, like, oh, it's fetus deletus. 
<laughs> yes, there absolutely is an abortion spell. <laughs> there has to be there has to be a plan B spell. <laughs> the day after pill spell. <laughs> mistake them condomus breakus <laughs> and then all of a sudden your mistake your your kid's gone <laughs> or or maybe there's a vasectomy spell that's easily reversed when you're ready <laughs> <laughs> there's wow we're getting we're gonna get down a rabbit hole here there's very much there's gotta be like viagra and pill form is probably obsolete when it comes <laughs> uh, dumbledore never dealt with not being able to get it up nope this motherfucker dumbledore fucks and we know that because he's got the spell <laughs> he's got the go all night spell <laughs> Dumbledore's up having gay sex all night. That's right. Yeah, because as JK has revealed, he's a gay man. You're good for him. I mean, I... Yeah, we won't get to it yet, but when you get to his childhood, you're like, ah! And like his man... Like the way she wrote his mannerisms, you're like, okay, I I guess. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, it's interesting. At least in her mind, that's how all gay people act. I was gonna say it's interesting that she would allow that when she probably wouldn't allow him to put on like makeup or something, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's then of course you know obviously like we said before this is the one where the mud blood term is introduced and uh, Tom Felton can't spit that term out any more venomously, you know. He says that so disgustingly. Like I gotta give Felton credit; he is place a great piece of shit you know he's almost like uh, the guy who played joffrey like he's such an easy character to hate and eventually becomes a more sympathetic character to hate yeah to hate (laughs) (laughs) just a little bit love unlike joffrey who you wanted to die from day one you know yeah but yeah because when i was still watching that flash tv show he showed up on one of those seasons you know like as a grown-ass man i was like hey He's definitely going to go evil at some point, right? But no, he didn't. <laughs> he was just a good dude the whole time. <laughs> we also meet Mr. Weasley in this, and sh- we meet Mr. Weasley and Mr. Malfoy. Mr. Weasley is one of my absolute favorite characters. Now, you are obviously, we have discussed Disney on this podcast. We've discussed 101 Dalmatians. Are you familiar with the character that Mr. Weasley plays in the 101 Yes. Dalmatians? Well, Mr. Weasley. And Wormtail. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's Mr. Weasley plays um, one of the the non. Uh, oh shit! What's that actor's name? He's House. Uh fuck. House MD. Oh. God damn it, Hugh Laurie. That's it. Woo. He's the non Hugh Laurie of um a partner of the crew of the little uh cruella's like little gang of uh yeah. he's the one that says the line when she says you bo you all win the gold silver and bronze in the idiot olympics or something like that and he just says who won the gold <laughs> <laughs> well, i love him because he's he's the perfect like very nice like he's like kind of an idiot not really but he's goofy. He's goofy. He's just That's a goofy it. guy. Yeah, he's a goofy. Yeah, guy. he's like, what is the purpose of a rubber duck? 
Oh, it's a rubber chicken. It's a rubber, rubber. chicken. <laughs> I think it's a rubber chicken. No, I think it's a rubber duck. Isn't it? Yeah, it could be. Either way, it's a rubber animal of some kind. Rubber bird of some kind. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, so, and, like, that's the greatest part about these movies being made when they were. Because if you make them now, that actor is fucking guaranteed to be James Corden. And it would ruin everything about that character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the only other, the better part would be because in uh, it's this one we get Kenneth Braun, all right? Yes. So he is um, Gilderoy Lockhart. He's a complete fraud, but he's a the celebrity teacher of the dark, professor of the so, dark. Again, I love this because this brings us back to Dumbledore, who absolutely knew Lockhart, Lockhart was a complete fraud. Absolutely. And his only reasoning for hiring him was, oh, this is going to be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. The fucking prankster Dumbledore. <laughs> you know? Can't wait. Can't wait to have this man teach these kids self-defense and have them get their asses handed to them by so, Snape. And, with no problem kicking your ass in a wand fight. <laughs> this gets into uh, several, like Harry Potter has two movies that are a TV show and a movie where you see a lot of similar casting. Uh, so Kenneth Brown is, Hamlet has several characters from Harry Potter in it. Um, and Game of Thrones has several characters from Harry it's, Potter. In it. It's the Harry Potter Game of Thrones crossover game, you know? It's yeah. Who plays who and what? <laughs> yeah, but with a... And you actually get a little bit of crossover in between because... Uh, where's he at? Uh, the guy who plays... Barristan Selmy in Game of Thrones is in Kenneth Brown as Hamlet. So you get some Game of Thrones in Hamlet, some Hamlet in Game of Thrones, and some Harry Potter in both. Potter. 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 But yeah, it's then of course, I mean, yeah, the and that's it's that's by virtue of um England having so many great actors you know because if you're gonna obviously the one of the biggest movie genres of all times is medieval movies knights knights and swords and dragons all that kind of stuff entertainment tv movies they love making these movies and of course you got to set them in, in merry old london town or medieval england of some kind so you got to pull from this group of actors and they just have some great actors they have some amazing actors it's really shocking that michael kane somehow didn't find a way into these movies yeah it's true you know but when you get when you get these movies you're obviously getting crossover and so then when you have game of thrones come out as well it's almost like you get it's like you got hey it's the kid friendly version then you have the hardcore might as well be porn game of thrones you know it's like these actors get to jump both sides they get to be like hey we're gonna make our lifetime money for harry potter oh and now we're gonna make our lifetime vacation money off of game of thrones you know it's crazy that maggie smith never showed up in game of thrones but she had Downton Abbey to jump to. She so she went the other way that British actors will go, which is the very proper, very stately, you know, the, the royal aristocracy aren't exactly as great as they look. You know, they have troubles with servants too. You know, I don't know why I'm talking like this because I just can't fucking help it. Normally this is where we'd be telling Tyler to shut the fuck up. You know, <laughs> Why doesn't anyone in Harry Potter ever show up with like a Cockney accent? Well, that's the thing. Like, there's such a wide variety of accents in England. Like, you need someone with, like, a Sean Bean Northern, like, England, that Northern London accent, like, that real cool accent. 
Then you have to have that goofy fucking Cockney accent that somebody has. Then you got to get like a Guy Ritchie character in there somewhere, like yeah. a Pikey. <laughs> and then you have to get Jason Statham coming in, just like, oi, oi, I'm going to fight everyone is here. <laughs> you know, just like a real tough, then, like street tough. <laughs> I, Hogwarts is not in England. It's in Scotland. It's in Scotland, I believe. I believe. Yeah. So you need to get Liam Neeson in here somehow. You need to get Sean Connery. You need to get like Shirley Manson from Garbage in there somehow. Like, you gotta mix these people in. You know how awesome it would be though if they, everyone had like that thick Scottish accent. How fucking cool would that be? That'd be cool. <laughs> Imagine Liam Neeson taught defense against the dark arts and he just hands everyone a gun. <laughs> Self defense against the dark arts. <laughs> All right, now here's what you're going to do. You're going to be taken. Now, the first thing I want you to do is shoot him in the kneecaps with your wand. <laughs> it's like, I want you to call out whatever they are. <laughs> this brings up the whole thing. How fucking useless are wizards? Like, Voldemort, Voldemort can't kill. So, Voldemort goes for the killing curse to kill a baby, where had he picked said baby up, who had no physical defenses, only magical defenses, and tossed said baby out a second-story window. Or just a little tweak to that little British neck that he has there. Voldemort <laughs> you know? wins this. So they're too reliant on magic. They need to start learning some martial arts in Hogwarts. Yeah, and a little hand-to-hand Krav Maga or something like that. That'd be and definitely. that's where Liam Neeson comes in. Yep. Absolutely. And yeah, we're yeah, not even going to create a character. He's Professor Neeson. <laughs> Yeah. He's not, he has no wizard name. It's just Professor Liam Neeson. <laughs> or even better, because in those Taken movies, he doesn't really hide his accent at all. So he could just be Brian Mills. <laughs> you know, Professor Brian Mills. This is Professor Brian Mills. He had a specific, he's not a wizard, but he had a specific set of skills that allowed him to find Hogwarts. We can't get him out, so he's teaching students self-defense. <laughs> his CIA training allows him to infiltrate Hogwarts. <laughs> For some fucking reason. He won't fucking leave. We can't get him out. <laughs> you tell the guy he's got to go. No, I don't want to tell him anything. He kicked my ass last time I cut in line at the lunch <laughs> You just see Snape walking in with a bloody nose. What happened to you? <laughs> I dared to turn my music on after 8 o'clock and he fucking clocked me in the nose. <laughs> I took the last fucking thing he wanted at dinner. <laughs> I took the last cookie or biscuit <laughs> and he beat me up. <laughs> I mentioned something about my dad not having talked to my daughter in a year and he kicked my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, we got to get this guy out of here. He's a goddamn menace. <laughs> so and now all, all the kids know the martial arts. They're just kicking our asses. <laughs> Why are all the kids have broken limbs? <laughs> They went to martial arts class. <laughs> Harry Potter just got Draco Malfoy in a triad. <laughs> He's 15 years old, man. <laughs> You're Harry Potter is currently choking out Malfoy with his legs. <laughs> right. You're not even teaching him wizardry shit. You're just teaching him how to break legs. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Where'd the shooting range come from? Why are there guns here? We don't need bullets. We're fucking wizards, you asshole. <laughs> oh, the- yeah. Oh, yeah. Try that Expelliarmus against my fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> Expelliarmus this. 
I can shoot you quicker than you can say your fucking spell. Right. You get to expel and I've already got three in your chest. <laughs> now, kids. And then it turns out him and, him and Dumbledore are just the best of friends. Yeah, of course. Because Dumbledore's like his, like, he's like his, like, mystery man in the background, just like paying for all this shit. <laughs> he just wants to see these kids in like some weird fight club. <laughs> Like Hogwarts Fight Club run by Liam Neeson. <laughs> Suddenly, uh, Brad Pitt's pikey self shows up and starts bare knuckle boxing. No, they bring him in to try and get Liam Neeson out. <laughs> That's the only way you can get Professor Liam Neeson Hogwarts to retire. He has to lose a bare knuckle boxing match to Brad Pitt. <laughs> With Jason Statham putting bets in the corner, <laughs> he's taking bets on the fight. <laughs> that's how that's Hogwarts is like boxing class. <laughs> Instead of dueling, they have the kids in the ring because we get the dueling club in this where that is uh, true. Where Alan Rickman duels against <laughs> Gilderoy yeah, Lockhart. Like a long dining room table, like a, like a like a like kind of like a boardroom table it's like it's like the wayne like the dinner table from wayne manor and like batman <laughs> and just which honestly kind of brown being silly versus Lee, uh, versus alan rickman's dead serious self is awesome it's I so good it. <laughs> and that's the thing like brown knows exactly what movie he's in and what character he's playing and rickman knows exactly who he is and that's the best part. There isn't anybody in these films that doesn't completely get their character or what movie they're in. Yeah. And we'll get to Gary Oldman in the next movie, but it's, it's everyone is so perfectly cast. Even, and like I give Ron, everyone gives Ron shit because Ron sucks, but Rupert Grint, as little as the rest of his career has done of course you know that we've also mentioned he doesn't need to do anything else he's set up for life he bought a fucking ice cream truck exactly he's a goddamn ice cream man he's living david lee ross dream that's a joke for you boomers out there <laughs> but he's like that's the thing he is good enough as ron and in these first two movies it's more into the third one as well He's more along the lines of the bro, Harry, there's trouble a coming. Like he's basically shaggy. <laughs> and then you get to the there to make faces. I actually I won't bring up the fourth movie yet. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, and like, but Harry's just there. I mean, not Harry, as uh, Ron's just there to make faces. You know, that's yeah. all he is. And but, but I do love his follow the spiders. Why couldn't it be follow the butterflies? <laughs> well, and also now, Mike, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it yet. This movie is the movie we get the Ron driving the car meme. Yes. <laughs> it's that look on Rupert Grint's face, that like terrified look, like frown, terrified look. It's so good. When it's I saw also, there's, there's three memes involving Rupert Grint in this. Two of them are lesser known, where it's more specific to like the Harry Potter fandom, where it's where they're trying, they pull the bars off of Harry's room and are saving him. From the Dursleys, and uh, Mr. Dursley runs in and he's like, Get back here. And he, it's him running in saying, Who took my Oreos? And Harry's going, I took his Oreos, run, drive. <laughs> nice. And then, and then uh, the other scene is when they're standing at the spiders, which, by the way, I love Hagrid, but dickhead move, dude. 
<laughs> oh yeah, real dickhead move. Yeah, he had to have known that there was like a spider revolt waiting, like an ambush waiting for these kids. Also, I know I love Hagrid. He's one of my favorite characters. I think Harry's one of Harry's kids should have been named after Hagrid instead of Butthole Snape. Yeah, I mean, I guess Robbie Coltrane doesn't equal Alan Rickman, <laughs> <laughs> but. As much as he loves animals, he definitely introduced a fucking invasive species into the Forbidden Forest. Yeah, it's like the cane toads in Australia, man. They're just taking over. <laughs> like, the uh, the acromantulas are considered one of the most dangerous animals, and Hagrid just provided them with a fucking sanctuary where they can kill whatever they want. And the only yeah, thing keeping on that bay is the evil wizard snake in the castle. <laughs> Yeah, and if it went, if it wasn't for the flying car, it would have claimed two more victims at night. <laughs> but the meme is like there, it's like Harry and Ron standing next to each other. Harry's like, "We're gonna die," and Harry goes, "Yep," and Ron goes, "We're gonna die, virgins." Harry goes, "Nope," and Ron goes, "Ginny," and Harry goes, "Yep," and Ron just looks up all. <laughs> Speaking of Ginny, we do get the first looks that she gives Harry in this. There's like, oh, I'm gonna fuck this dude. Look, you know, we get that first, that first inkling of that in this movie. Also, Ginny's so much worse in the movies. We won't get into it too much with the first two movies, but Ginny sucks compared to book Ginny. Well, Ginny in this in the in the movies, from at least these first couple movies, is just there to be like background she's just wallpaper yeah. in this movie in these movies but, well she's uh, also the damsel in distress in this movie of course yeah but um yeah which is which is good that they don't do to hermione because they give her some agency the whole time but she really is there to be like to provide support to harry but also to be the accidental oh look it look Ron and Hermione are starting to fall in love kind of situation well also you Hermione's the most competent wizard of the absolutely yeah and she's harry has the most natural talent but yeah (laughs) but hermione knows what she's doing yeah it's it's like it's like early jordan which is harry potter just the raw talent the raw like born to be great situation and then you got like basically you got like gary payton is like is like hermione which just that amazing reliable every single night goes out and performs kind of player you know <laughs> like not scotty pippen on the bulls with jordan but i'm talking against jordan gary payton was the glove he was like you could put him against jordan jordan would get shut down until he became his airness basically yeah <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but and i would yeah. consider this movie is probably in my bottom three in terms of Harry Potter's? I would say they're all, except for like Azkaban's good. There's the next one. I think it's the fourth one where, um, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Pop. Yeah, where what's his name dies, right? Cedric um, Edward, Edward Cullen. What's yeah. the actor's name? Pattinson. Where, yeah. uh, where Pattinson dies. I think that's my favorite just because he dies. <laughs> you know, so it's like, mm-hmm. hey, all right. That's also <laughs> the most action-packed one besides maybe seven part two. Right, so it's like, and then like Azkaban's really good, but like with all of these movies, for me, it's like a straight line. They're all equal, except for like little blips for Azkaban and the fourth one. You know, it's like, oh, okay, there's your problem. But they're all essentially equal for me because I have I have not read the books. I have no 
like emotional like no nostalgia to these things i mean i saw them when i was full-grown 20 year old you know so i was like none of this appeals to me and my my version if i'm if i'm calling if i'm if i want to see some wizardry if i want to see some magic i want to see like game of thrones level that or i want to see like highlander kind of imagery like i want to see some people cut heads off and shit you know i want to see some serious adult magic shit you know that's what um the magicians ended up getting a it was a book series and it ended up getting a tv show on the sci-fi network the magicians yeah yeah that was sci-fi yeah i read the books and the books are really good the show is okay but you don't get the like there are brutal moments in the books that you just don't always get in the show because like if it got adapted by hbo i have no doubt that that would have probably been awesome yeah, it's like like we mentioned obviously Game of Thrones, but then it's kind of like American Gods. Like that first season on uh, Stars was like there was like hardcore gay sex in that. It was like that's yeah. directly adapted from the book, you yeah. know. And it's like that's what you're getting with an HBO series. Whereas like you have to do these widespread, worldwide friendly movies. You can make them dark as hell, but you can't exactly show some like serious shit, you know. Well, that's what so Harry Potter was kid enough that it didn't need the HBO treatment. You don't need, you don't, though I would love to hear Professor Snape go, turn to page, or turn to fucking page 394. Right. Yeah. 394. <laughs> page 394. <laughs> instead of 10 points from Gryffindor, you just hear Alan Rickman go, fuck you, Potter. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off, Potter. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Kill yourself, Potter. <laughs> you know? And again, every time I bring up Alan Rickman, I'm going to bring up how much I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see uh, Hans Gruber Snape, uh, Jeremy Irons show up, dude, as Snape's like brother. <laughs> no, 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 we're just not even going to acknowledge that they change. It's just occasionally it's Jeremy Irons instead of Alan Rickman. <laughs> As Snape, you want to see him show up as Snape? That would be great. Just randomly, like, mix him in occasionally. Like, have him step up to the duel that they have. <laughs> just let it be Rickman back again. <laughs> that would be great. But when now, okay, now we haven't mentioned the, the worst character in this movie, and that is Dobby the house elf. Fuck Dobby hard with a wand i don't give a shit what you do just kill him with it now dobby very much Gollum in this i would go so far as to say he might be a jar jar binks type of character but he's absolutely Gollum. now there's also a giant spider in this a bunch of shit about the evil one are we sh- and it's like nine hours long are we sure this isn't the lord of the rings movie <laughs> are we sure? right, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go out and say i love dobby but God damn it, you would. <laughs> Again, like, Dobby's better in the books. <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate to sound like that every book reader, like, oh, it's so much better in the books, but Dobby's a better character in the books. And, and Dobby is a lot better in, like, when you get to, like, seven, you have where Dobby's saving them and stuff. Listen, when does he sacrifice himself? Like, when does he do, like, suicide by cop? Seven. Okay. Yeah, it's, I remember that part. Like, doesn't, like, Bellatrix Lestrange, like, caps him or something like that? Yeah, she throws a knife at him. 
Helena Bonham Carter about to make her return in a couple of uh, movies, I'm sure. But uh, next next episode. Nice. Nice. Good. But um, but yeah, I mean, fuck Dobby. And especially the way he goes about trying to stop Harry from going to like Hogwarts. He could have fucking yeah. killed him like eight times, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, I just want you to, I just didn't want to hurt Harry. I want to stop you from going to school. Well, then. Maybe just fucking give him the flu or something, asshole. You know? Yeah. Like, break his leg. <laughs> but no. Let's have him almost die on a Quidditch game, which is basically high a lie. <laughs> yeah. And then you have you have Lockhart come out and take away his bones. Yeah. Oh, also, another Game of, game of Thrones checklist. Julian Glover voices Aragog the Spider. See, they were saying Aragog for a while. I kept thinking they were saying Aragorn. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, did we seriously just rip off Lord of the Rings? Because this would have been right around the time of um, Two Towers, right? Yeah, this was 2002 or three. Yeah, this was two. Yeah, two. Yeah, I think Towers came out in... I think Towers did come out in 2002. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it did. Um, yeah, 2002 was Towers. Three was Return of the King, and uh, Fellowship was one. But so these are right at the same time. Like this is a great time for epic fantasy movies, you know. And oh yeah, they're they're two different like mega franchises that obviously stayed very faithful to their books and somehow made it work. You know, for my personal hatred of the Lord of the Rings, I can acknowledge that they definitely made it work. Like the transition worked. Ton of Academy Awards and most of public opinion would definitely go against Ross's opinion of the Lord of the Rings. I mean, Green Book it, it invalidates literally anything the Academy's ever given out. <laughs> All right, but public opinion and money. <laughs> public opinion and money made. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously the Academy the Academy when it comes to Lord of the Rings is nothing. It's just the cherry on top of everything else. Mm-hmm. And Without the Academy Awards, everyone would have stayed, would have still made a ton of money, and everyone still would have loved it. All three are in the top twenty on IMDb, right? I mean, which it, I, it, in itself, I think is not valid because The Dark Knight's number four. Now, but, I get The Dark Knight's a great movie, but it's not the fourth best movie of all time. Well, the I, IMDb is also because lunatics on the internet can vote for things. Like, yeah, you can't you can't put any stock in anything that IMDb or the internet says. But, but we like cold hard money and like critical critical acclaim. These two series, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, are right up there. Harry Potter is like a seven billion dollar franchise. Oh yeah, if you watch the pitch meetings on it, they they're talking oh, yeah. about he, he, where he's talking about uh, the uh, the Fantastic Beast movies. They're like, we made seven billion dollars on this. Is that enough? He's like, not to buy Canada. He's like, That's what right. is that your goal? Is that your goal? Yeah, he wants to buy. He like wants to give him like Quebec because that's where. Yeah, he'll give him Quebec for Poutine. <laughs> right, that's where Poutine comes from. We didn't but, even talk about the actor that does the most with pretty little screen time in this, and that's Jason Isaacs. Yeah, good old Lucius Malfoy, and uh, yeah, he's he really does like ham it up too, but he doesn't ham it up so much that you're like, oh, this is offensive. He's like, wow, it's like this is perfect, you know. Yeah, Jason Isaacs is incredible in this, and mm-hmm. like again, we talk about how good uh, how good Tom Felton is at playing an asshole. Well, 
Jason Isaacs plays a murderous douchebag pretty well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As we look at, like, the Patriot, he's like, but that's between you and God. Right, yeah, he's... Yeah, Jason Isaacs is... uh, He's he's a classic, you know, like, dick is what he is, you know? He's, He's a good dick. And he's about to cap Harry Potter on the spot if Bobby doesn't step in. Oh, yeah, he doesn't care. He says Avada. He says Avada when he's about to kill Harry Potter for getting rid of Dobby. He don't give a shit. But then there's also, you know, speaking of um, speaking of that with him and Dobby, apparently the rule to free Dobby is just to hand him fucking clothes. And they can be literally anything, like a dirty-ass sock off of a rando's foot like it is Harry. You know, it's like... I, I don't I don't know. I think that's a weird loophole that could probably yeah. happen by accident. <laughs> yeah, what 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 about with like laundry? Like if Lucius hands him some laundry, like do this laundry, Dobby. Does he have to specify that's not for you though? <laughs> right. It's not for you. This is our laundry for you. Well, I can't say for you to do because that might be a loophole. This is our laundry that someone that, that needs to be cleaned and you better do it. <laughs> right. This is someone that looks and sounds like you needs to put it in the laundry, you know. <laughs> But yeah, it's I don't know. I was, when I saw that, yeah, I was but like, they definitely right. have spells for just instantly cleaning clothes. Exactly. But and it's, yeah, they have. They, I'm sure the wizards have spells for all kinds of shit. But it's like, yeah. So like when Harry, it, it is a nice little touch. So you see, Harry's got a little bit of a cunning like nature to him. So he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm out with this motherfucker. It's like, all right, you know, we get you, Harry. Good job. I also love the little nod at Richard Harris. It's like it seems like most of them have only voted for me because they believe you would point or you would curse their family if I, they didn't. Right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> see, and that's like that's where like the slight darkness kind of starts to come in, and it's it really does start to ramp up in an excellent. So well, I mean, how you about- do start you do start to see it in this movie, like the steps up of darkness, like. Harry's literally going to die if Fox isn't there to give him Oh, absolutely. Up. Yeah, and then, of course, he, you know, has to fight the giant snake with the basilisk, and he's <laughs> stabbing a book, and it's bloody as hell, and, you know. Fox is the MVP of this movie. Yeah. Some good and shit. I love uh, Lockhart after he loses his memory. <laughs> he hands it up. Who are you? And uh, who am I? <laughs> and, of course, the... Harry Potter stinger scene at the end of this is when his new book comes out and it's yeah. like Gilderoy Lockhart, who like I? who am I? Or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but all right, so why don't we do our third beer check-in or second beer check-in or whatever? Beer all check-in. right, I'm about halfway through my third beer, and Ship Bottom makes a quality brew. Quality God damn right they do. I'm drinking my uh bone saw out of my ship bottom glass. I'm bre- I'm drinking my ship bottom out of my red tank glass. Yeah, see, we're crossing over all kinds of breweries today, and it's all. One day you have to review Red Tank, and I have to review Ship Bottom, and you have to drink your Ship Bottom, or you have to drink your Red Tank out of your Ship Bottom glass, and I drink my Ship Bottom out of my Red Tank glass. Nice, yo, Ship Bottom's got these like ceramic mugs. I think I'm gonna. I saw them. They look fucking cool as hell. And apparently they hold like a full sixteen ounce beer. (laughs) I'm mad at myself because I forgot I have a Harry Potter uh stein that i could drink oh. out of and i should have been doing that for this i'm going to do it for the next two episodes a harry potter stein i think jk would be happier drinking out of the nazi mug <laughs> <laughs> but anyway aside from jk's 
obvious terribleness. Why don't we move on to our last movie of the night, which is number three, 2004's Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, directed by Children of Men, Gravity, and Roma's Alfonso Cuaron. (laughs) And this is also where you start to, I think this is where you start to see a lot of continuity in like the art direction, because I think it's the same art director for the next three or four movies. Yeah, it does it does kind of take on that like modern action blockbuster like not washed out color tone but they're not as bright and vibrant as the first two movies were they're not as warm like those first two movies were very warm there's a lot of like fire and like warming fire like candlelight stuff like that Mm -hmm. but in this one it's more of like the muted grays and blues yeah and of course and in this one it's this is the one where we have young Miss Emma Watson, who is becoming a beautiful young woman. She's now given a brush and a hairstylist, and she's suddenly uh, a love interest, basically. Now, of course, this made me immediately think of the Saturday Night Live sketch with Lindsay Lohan when she is uh, comes back to Hogwarts as Hermione after the growth spurt of the summer. And she, of course, looks like Lindsay Lohan, a famously buxom young actress. <laughs> and all of everybody. It's, it's Rachel Dratch as Harry, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then Seth Meyers as Ron. And it's it's absolutely hilarious. It's such a, you're it's remind, a you're reminding me of the CinemaSins guy where... where uh, in the first two movies, he goes, Hermione's too young to be giving lap dances here. And then he gets to the third movie, he's like, Hermione's too young to be giving lap dances here. But she's close. Right. <laughs> Which is yeah. insanely creepy, because I'm pretty sure she's still only 14 in this movie. Yeah, she's still young, but they're, they are working to build that. All right, so we got some hormonal teenagers in the audience here. We got to pull them in somehow. <laughs> we got to make, because Neville isn't at his snack level yet. He's not at his, like, GQ cover model stage yet, which he is at the end of this. <laughs> they, they even hold him back. Like, they make him not that in the movies. <laughs> right. Yeah, that dude. You want to talk about transition of actors. Like, that dude, Ben, was like, fuck David Beckham, man. Neville Longbottom right here, <laughs> you know? I'm going to make Longbottom mean something, you know? <laughs> But like, yeah, in this one, it's like, okay, we got Daniel Radcliffe is his, his voice is cracking. He's almost gone with the transition through puberty. Rupert's growing a bit. Malfoy grown and he gained another couple inches, motherfucker. God damn it. <laughs> so and it's like, oh, Hermione's starting to kick in too. It's like, all right, so we got to start treating these kids like the, uh, the movie stars that they are. Got to get them a stylist. We got to get them some wardrobe. We got to get them some hip clothing that they don't have to wear, you know? <laughs> and this movie is, you get a couple bests here for the Harry Potter franchise. It's the best book. It's the best movie. And you get the best defense against the dark arts teacher. Ah, yes. Good old David Thewlis. Some of now, you may know him as Ares and Wonder Woman. Some of you may know him from Fargo as whatever that character's name is, but he was fucking awesome. <laughs> now, this is where I want to get my more grievances with Dumbledore and the Ministry of Magic. So Sirius Black, notorious serial killer. Yep. You know, he gets arrested for blowing people up, which... Uh, you find out Peter Pettigrew actually getting cut off his own finger. You'd think there'd be magical ways to decide, oh, 
Oh wait, no. Look at his look at his wand. He didn't cast that spell. Yeah, Sirius Black's innocent. And then you get into a alternate universe where Harry is raised by the combined effort of Sirius Black and Ramus Lupin, where, Ram- where Sirius Black is like the fun dad and Ramus Lupin is the more serious kind of actual parent. <laughs> well, you get your werewolf and your Animagus parent, which we yeah. learn. And a werewolf can't control the change and Animagus can change whenever they want. And mm-hmm. Sirius Black turns into a dog whenever the hell he wants. And Lupin can't stop turning into a werewolf obviously at a full moon because werewolf rules here (laughs) now they don't bring it up completely in the movie they do make a they do have a line about it where ramus goes didn't you drink your potion yeah where where i'm not right where serious goes didn't you drink your potion where lupin only accepted the job at hogwarts a to teach harry and b because snape or because dumbledore would have snape make him there's like a potion that lets him sort of have some semblance of control over himself when he becomes a werewolf gotcha yeah that that makes sense yeah they do yeah um oldman does mention and now of course we mentioned Sirius black we need to mention the actor that plays him who is the legendary gary oldman who in multiple scenes in this movie you can tell it's just gary oldmaning it up and you know somebody off camera was like gary you're not going to be nominated. And he was like, fuck it. I'm going for it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's what, so when when Gary Oldman first comes in and like when he first, the scene where he first meets Harry and he goes, uh, only one will die tonight. (laughs) You know, he could have said something like, oh, Harry, I'm not here to kill you. I'm here to kill the the rats, fucker. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but Sirius Black and Gary Oldman are both prima donnas and want things to be dramatic as hell. Yeah, and that whole scene where they like drag it out, like the big fight in the screaming shack or whatever it is. And Jack. Yeah, whatever it is. And then they're like, they're like, oh yeah, it's it's him, it's him. And they're using the pro, they're playing the pronoun game. And everyone obviously that read the book knows who they're talking about. If you're just watching this as a movie, you're like, wow, Ron's about to fucking die. And then, and then it happens. He's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the rat. You know, it's like, oh, that's why Scabbers is being a piece of shit. Because he's a human this whole goddamn time. Oh, okay. I well, guess. that's the other. We're going to bring up the Weasley twins again. Because they've had the fucking Marauders map forever. And have witnessed that, oh, oh Ron's sleeping right next to a dead guy. Good for him. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, what what are those two psychopaths doing? That that's gotta be like, you know, the joke on the little brother situation. It's yeah. like, oh man, we know exactly who that is. Fuck, we're not telling him. No way. <laughs> we're not telling him shit. Now, speaking of the map, we have you seen the uh the little Easter egg for that map? No. There well, are maybe let me let me hear what you're talking about, then I'll <laughs> There are two people having sex on that map in the credits. Oh, I have seen that. <laughs> Where there's the two feet pointing up and the yeah. two feet pointing down in between them. <laughs> yeah, it's in the corner of one of the maps. It's like, hey, what are those two getting on going on here? <laughs> That's a this movie is the best Harry Potter movie. It, it's my favorite, like by a decent margin, I would say. Of these and, three, it really is. I I and I will agree with that for these three. I, I quite enjoy this one too. And there's just so first of all, the night bus is a lot of fun. 
it's fun, but is that shrunken head racist? It might be. Yeah. I think it is. <laughs> no, I in the but like Jake, it has been stated that the two bus drivers are supposed to be JK, like JK Rowling's representation of her grandparents. Oh. The shrunken head and the bus driver. So she's got a racist caricature as a grandparent? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> bring up clerks too. Ha, huh, I guess my grandma is racist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I wonder what she calls a broken beer bottle. <laughs> but yeah, it's oh wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. Yeah. Wow, I can see that. Yeah, because this one. Obviously, we still get the mudblood references, but it's not as overtly hateful as it was in the second movie. This is the only one where Voldemort doesn't show up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. We got to address the fact that everyone is saying, he who shall not be named, you know who, all of this, don't say the word. Harry's just walking around going, oh, you mean Voldemort? Voldemort, you guys are talking about Voldemort, right? You know Voldemort, that guy. And there, nobody's like Harry. Shut the fuck up, you know. Stop well, saying that. <laughs> so they don't actually get into why he is he must not be named. Like it's implied that it's because of like the, you don't want to incite terror or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of like beautiful. no. In the books, Voldemort put a charm on his own name, so anyone who said it could be tracked. Oh, so Harry's just like, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> you know? But it, bring it <laughs> in, in the movies. Uh, Hermione sort of has a line that sort of is like the whole name thing in the movies, where she says, Fear of the name implies fear of the thing itself. So it's better to say his name than give him that power over you. So Harry's fearless, just like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> of course, Voldemort, that's- Voldemort, fucking Voldemort. I killed this bitch ass once. That's right. What's up? <laughs> but like, I, also- man, I was shitting my pants when I iced that motherfucker the first That's time. right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that furthers my line. At the first time I'm thinking that Harry's a cult leader and doesn't care. He's like, I don't care. I'll never die. <laughs> I'm never going to die. Fuck it. I'll say Voldemort. Who cares? <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> But yeah, this movie, so you get a lot of backstories in this. Um, One thing you don't get from the books is like the Marauders flashbacks. What the Marauders are, James Potter, Sirius Black, Ramus Lupin, and uh, Wormtail. Are they like the pussy posse for Harry Potter? What? Are they like the pussy posse for Harry Potter? (laughs) You know, like when there was like Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobey Maguire, and like all those dudes that were just like slaying it every night? (laughs) (laughs) They, I mean, in their time, probably. All right, all right. I get it. I get it. But yeah, I, a lot of fans want a prequel series that uh, that star Harry's dad and his friends. And I am shocked that they're not like working on that right now. You know, it's you find a cash guy, you keep milking it. <laughs> That's what I've seen. Like casting things for them. This was a couple. This like I think this came out probably around 2012 when Todd, Tom Hiddleston was first big as Loki, where they wanted him to be, uh, they wanted him to be uh, Snape. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I think it's Adam Driver. They're pushing for Adam Driver to be Snape. That's a, I think that's a better Snape. (laughs) Um, I would say Hiddleston would probably be your lead. 
now. <laughs> no, but so I think they wanted Richard Madden, the guy who played Rob Stark, as James Potter. Really? That's kind of why. Why would you cast like a cardboard box as your main character? Right, looks. Okay, <laughs> I was just saying because Madden is in. I think he's in that Eternals movie coming out, and hopefully someone stapled a personality to him or something by the time they started that movie because Rob Stark, aside from his death, is about as forgettable as possible. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Andrew Garfield as Lupin. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. He could be a young David Thewlis. And then I, I forget. I, I'm going to look up the meme, but while we're talking. Tony's pedigree. Now, if you're talking about, if you need a pedigree, it's obviously going to be James Corden. <laughs> we keep mentioning is supposed to be annoying yet shy. So James Corden. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. We can't get away from him. <laughs> The Corden saga will continue whether we want it to or not. <laughs> but yeah, and in this movie, we do like we we officially get introduced to Michael Gambon's Dumbledore. And as my wife was saying when we were watching these movies, because as she told me I refused to watch, miss a minute of these of this week's uh, of this month's uh, theme. She didn't tell me she's like the better Dumbledore, the better Dumbledore. I'm like, yes, yeah, son, I get it. Richard Harris was literally dying. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's, he could have been better, but they caught him at a bad time in his life, aka the end of it. <laughs> you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep going back to uh, we're gonna. This is a line that's gonna come up in several episodes. But Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> right. Said calmly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Now, okay, let's discuss Harry in this one because. Harry's not a fan of the little people in this movie. <laughs> he will blow through a crowd of little people and not give a fuck. Oh, yeah, he, he fuck, fuck those carolers. <laughs> they, they drop like bowling pins. They might as well have oh. made the sound. <laughs> so I, the thing I was talking about, they had Jamie Bell cast as Peter Pettigrew. Jamie Bell. Um, like he was name. in Snowpiercer as Edgar. Um, he's in Jumper. Jamie Bell. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I can see that. He does look like a rat. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, he could, he could really be that. Oh, he's in that new uh, that Michael B. Jordan, Tom Clancy movie. Interesting. I'll never watch it, but interesting. <laughs> but um, yeah, that would be... I can see that. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm surprised they didn't do that as opposed to Crimes of Grindelwald or fucking Fantastic Beasts or whatever the fuck. Yeah. But I guess you got to get um, Eddie Redmayne and something somehow. And I see uh, with uh, with Crimes of Grindelwald, they casted Jude Law as a young Dumbledore. Where I think they had a, I love Jude Law, but I think they had a better casting. Um, that could have been done. Michael and that Fassbender? is, uh, they should have casted Jared Harris, son of Richard Harris. Really? Okay. All right. Now, for those of you who don't know, he's Moriarty in the newer uh, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock movie. Holmes, A Game of Shadows. Yeah. Which I, they're kind of panned movies, but I love those movies. I, I'm, I, I don't, I, for some reason, I don't see him as like a young Dumbledore, though. Even though he but is here's the son the thing. of Dumbledore, you know? Yeah. 
Um, I'm trying to think how old Dumbledore is supposed to be at that because, like, Dumbledore is like 116 come uh, Harry Potter. I was just saying this, like, Jared, like, Jude Law now is only in his like 40s, I think, maybe early 50s. But he's also the sexy young Pope, so he's got to be a sexy young Dumbledore as well. But, like, it might have made sense for Dumbledore to be, like, so Jared Harris is now 60. He's 60. Okay. Which might have made sense as a young Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. And Jude Law is almost 50. He'll be uh, 50 next year. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, it's, I would, I would almost rather just see Dumbledore, like, Jude Law be Dumbledore. Like, that'd be interesting. Or, like, you know, per, like I said, like Michael Fassbender would be fun. That'd be fun to say. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but also, like, again, they show Dumbledore where he's going to talk to, uh, when he's going to talk to Voldemort, which I think is in the f- 40s. So in 20 years, he turns from Jude Law into Michael Gambon with a giant beard. In 20 years. Yeah, that's a hell of a life. <laughs> That's, a hell that's of a almost life. like it's like Magneto turns from Michael Fassbender into Sir Ian McKellen in ten years. Yeah, that's a rough. That's a rough ten years right there. That'll age you. That's like the that's like the Dementors got to him. <laughs> also, the other thing with Crimes of Grindelwald is they put McGonagall in them. McGonagall is not born until the 1950s. Crimes of Grindelwald takes place in the 20s. Like she's course. born in. She, I think she doesn't go to Hogwarts until the 1950s. She was born in like the 1930s. And it's like, still, it's you got to get Maggie Smith in there because she's a recognized. She was a young McGonagall and she had one line. There was no point in putting her in. Yeah. And it's kind of like with Azkaban. Now, this movie is good. I, I will recognize that and I did enjoy it. But there is one aspect of this movie that I disagree with entirely. And that's the whole time travel thing. Yeah. <laughs> Now, it's one thing to have Hermione suddenly show up in class and have Ron give the, where does she come from? You know, did you see her show up? You know, it's like, okay, so she had some sort of spell or whatever where she can take extra classes. But literally, Dumbledore looks at her and goes, three turns ought to do it. And it's like, oh, so she can just travel through time? okay we might as well why not <laughs> you know we might as well fucking do it because we already got werewolves in this goddamn movie we might as well have time travel too you know though i do think they do it well like i think the whole time travel it makes sense works it does they're not doing it for just the sake of having time travel like there yeah. is a story reason for it but it is also like it, on the on its face it is a lazy screenwriter way of resolving how to do these things by having our characters just time travel back and do them <laughs> you know it's there could have been another way for them to go around it obviously don't know what that could have been but time travel didn't necessarily have to be what they went and again it, it's been a while since i read the book but like it, it stands to reason that if more like if you actually got the whole book adapted into film it would make more sense obviously yeah and that's and that's like where the thing is, though, with these movies, they're all like two and a half hours long. Yeah. And so you've already got long movies, but you're also adapting a very dense, lore-filled um, subject matter, like the, like the, um, the original books. 
Lord of the Rings, same exact situation. And those extended cuts, I think, do delve a little bit more deep into that. But when it comes to Harry Potter, they probably could have taken whatever was in the book for Prisoner of Azkaban and maybe fleshed it out a bit more because the end of this movie does kind of feel a tad rushed. Mm-hmm. But it also does feel it's it's a little more formulaic because Harry once again wakes up in the hospital <laughs> after yeah. after some horrific event has happened to him. It's like, oh, is this just how it works with him now? <laughs> oh, so also uh seeing it like you don't get to see it, but Robert Pattinson's character is supposed to be in this movie. Right. And that's probably because he was too busy filming um whatever he was filming to get his role in this, you know, because he actually did a couple things, I think, before doing this, which obviously launched him into Twilight Land. Mm -hmm. But, so his character, like, during the the Quidditch game where Harry gets attacked by Dementors and falls off his broom, um, his character plays is the seeker on the Hufflepuff side, and there's a scene where he catches the snitch, but he wants the match to not count because he's like, this wasn't fair. Harry got attacked by Dementors mid-game. I don't want to win like this. So it's supposed to get more characterization to the, to um to his character before he dies in the next book. Okay, okay. And yeah, Pattinson would have been doing Vanity Fair probably at the time, um, which is that Reese Witherspoon, like period drama yeah and th- that was his first uncredited role technically then he did some long ass movie called ring of the nebelungs or whatever shit you know it's curse of the ring i think is the other title but he was allegedly in that and that wow that stars no one <laughs> it's christina lock and alicia vitt uh julian sands for those ocean 13 fans but uh and Max von Sydow, wow, I might need to check whatever this garbage is out. But um, yeah, then Harry Potter Goblet of Fire is his big debut on the Hollywood scene. And uh Cedric probably gave him his heartthrob status, but we'll get more into that next week. But um uh, so is I think it's is it HBO that's or no, it's a uh, is Amazon Prime that's planning on doing a Harry Potter reboot? Well, they're doing Lord of the Rings. Oh, they're doing Lord of the Rings. I know that much. Um, I think Harry Potter might be getting the TV. Well, absolutely, because there's there's more money to be made, you know. But you get, and might if you get something with the budget of something like Game of Thrones, doing the Harry Potter on an episodic type of show, like you're going to be able to adapt more of the books, and like you can adapt the whole book. Especially with you know nowadays technology as well, like it's yeah. You can do more with less because the technology is just that much more advanced. And Mm -hmm. you can make your time travel work a little better. You can make your hippogriffs a little more realistic. You know, you can. Oh, the hippogriff flying scene, though, I still love it. It's cool. It's a little never ending story and it's a little bit green screen, but it's it's still pretty all right. It's like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then, of course, so much fun. It is. It does look fun. It's the only time Harry gets to be happy in the whole fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> but it's and then of course there's the, you know, it attacks Draco and mm-hmm. because he just walks straight up to the goddamn thing without doing the curtsy or whatever. 
you know, because even even in the mythological creature world of Scotland and the United Kingdom, you still got to be proper. You know? <laughs> I love how Hagrid assigns a book that will attack people. <laughs> right. The Necronomicon, you mean? The fucking Necronomicon? <laughs> they mass print the Necronomicon in Wizard World. <laughs> right. That thing is made out of something skin. <laughs> it is the Necronomicon. Uh, and we, because we brought up Fantastic Beasts, uh, let's just point out how much more... So, normal people are called muggles in Britain. Yeah. They're called nomadges in, in, in America. The fuck? Yeah. Yeah, no magic. What are we talking? I do America. Why are we so not creative with this shit? We don't have the uh, the the thousands of years of history to of Merlin and shit to go along with that. Oh, and also we didn't bring this up in the first movie, but can we talk about how fucked up it is to separate kids based on their traits at age eleven? You mean like sorting them? Yeah, <laughs> sorting them on what kind of camp you would put them into who else did that <laughs> the nazis <laughs> all right uh you're starting to sound like the gum salesman in fucking clerks <laughs> i'm talking about another group of hate mongers <laughs> they were called nazis <laughs> we're just following orders they were called nazis yeah, Chuli's gum wraps are absolutely slithering. <laughs> yeah. yeah apparently, you can just ask for which house you want to be in. <laughs> right. Yeah, because apparently Harry can just like use his brain waves and be like, hey, put me in Gloria Gryffindor, you know? But okay, can we talk about Hufflepuff a little bit? How yeah. they don't any kind of time to shine at all in these movies <laughs> like Ravenclaw at least gets a character come movie five yeah, Luna Love of Goods one of my favorite characters yeah it's like Margaret Schroeder from Boardwalk Empire and like Merida's um Merida from uh Brave right it's um kind of can't think of the damn actress's name but she's Scottish <laughs> oh Hufflepuffs do get Cedric Dickory Cedric Dickory is Hufflepuff really yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Kelly McDonald <laughs> is on there. Kelly McDonald is on there. <laughs> they trash Hufflepuffs in the books way more they, than they do in the movies because Harry actually meets Malfoy in Diagon Alley in the books. He doesn't meet him right at Hogwarts in the movie like he does in the <laughs> okay. movie. And in his first run-in with Malfoy, Malfoy's talking about, he's like, I hope I get Slytherin, but really I'd take anything except Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean... Why would you want Hufflepuff? Like it's like oh, these it's like Slytherin. These people are cunning and ambitious. Gryffindor, brave and the main characters. Ravenclaw, smart as fuck. Hufflepuff, they're nice kids. <laughs> they got personality. <laughs> they're yeah. good at finding things. That's an actual. They're they're good at finding things. Jesus, <laughs> they got great handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, oh let's talk let's talk about some fucking uh let's talk about our mascots here slytherin you got snakes you got you you got a giant fucking snake living in the basement for the first movie yep <laughs> gryffindor you got a lion fucking cool nice. ravenclaw you got a eagle <laughs> nice <laughs> no, cool. no, no, can we talk about ravenclaw's mascot's an eagle yeah why not not a, a raven, raven, not a raven, yeah. an eagle. Not a raven, make it an eagle. <laughs> and, then, and then Hufflepuff gets a badger. <laughs> wow. 
it's like again that's like in the, that's like the houses in game of thrones it's like you get you know the targaryens or dragons you get the starks or wolves you get you know Lannisters whatever or lions and then you get a fucking rose yeah you get the krakens for the uh Greyjoys, and then you get you some get, trouts and you get roses right you get fishes and roses <laughs> it's like what are we doing what are we doing here Come on. Like even even uh even the bell gets like a I think they have the peregrine falcon like that's still pretty cool like the coolest falcon you know and you get a, you just get a fucking sun and a spear for martels you know I mean? right. our mascot is a fucking weapon and the sun got yeah because uh, on the day they were handing out sigils we were late <laughs> but. It's kind of like the one guy that's like the onion knight. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, an onion. <laughs> Terrifying. Hey, do not trash Sir Davos Seaworth. <laughs> I'm not trashing Davos. I'm talking the fact that he could have picked anything and picked an onion. <laughs> hey, he snuck onions into <laughs> he snuck he onions into a slaver. A <laughs> he was a slaver. He could have picked something menacing like that. Like the Bolton's got the flayed man. You know, he could have picked the sold man. You know, something like that. Wait, I don't think was Davos a slaver? I think that's why wasn't that why he got his fingers cut off or some shit? Because he was no, he was a smuggler. Plate? Well, I mean, ain't that the same goddamn thing? <laughs> no, he would smuggle goods. That's he would smuggle stolen goods. Yeah, people can be stolen. I guess, but I, I don't know. Davos seems like too good of a person, dude. Yeah, you got to make some money, man. You got to make your money somehow, you know? But either way, ain't no goddamn Hufflepuff. That's what he is. But, no, Davos is... Davos is either Gryffindor or Slytherin. He's probably Gryffindor. He's a pretty decent guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then, of course, there's the whole fact that we haven't even mentioned at all, that Harry can talk to snakes. So he's also yeah. Doctor Doolittle, <laughs> you know? but only only for serpents, right? Only snakes. He can only wait. Talk. Can he talk to eels? <laughs> what? <laughs> eels are kind of close to snakes. Yeah, they're water snakes. <laughs> That's someone gets a magical power. They can talk to eels. How fucking useless would that be? <laughs> yeah, you have to be in like the perfect right situation to be able to use that one. Also, yeah. also, it's not like they can control. Like Harry can't control snakes. He just happens to have a friendly conversation with the snake in the first one, and then the snake in this one was just like, "Yo, fuck off, dude." <laughs> yeah, yeah. In that first one, the first the person the snake even gives him the old thanks. You know, yeah. when he and he gives him like a sup nod. <laughs> yeah, it's like sup. Thanks, bruh. <laughs> yeah, thanks, bruv. I'm out of here. <laughs> but yeah, and then of course, and then there's you know, there's a couple lines in this where it's like, all right, that's kind of interesting that they would pick that. Like Hermione's lineup, is that really what my hair looks like from the back? You know, that's just like a dig on her rat's nest that she had the first two movies, you know. Oh, her- Hermione punches Malfoy in this. That's pretty fun. <laughs> Twice. Twice. <laughs> you get to see it in real time the first time, and then the replay, the replay. <laughs> Some all right, so some other things in this one. The Boggart scene. Very fun scene. Oh, but, yeah, that's like the monster that like if you laugh at it, it goes away. Or yeah. something, right? But can we talk about how Snape is fucking Neville's greatest fear? Him combined with his grandmother, was it? Wait, or his so, mother? Well, no, he had him, so he he wanted him uh Lupin wanted him to imagine Snape wearing his grandmother's clothes. That's right. 
Which is hilarious because Alan Rickman just was totally. <laughs> and I'm surprised uh, JK didn't have a problem with um, Alan Rickman dressing in women's clothes. <laughs> but, uh, so that situation. Here. So Neville's parents are in a hospital because they were driven insane from being ter- from being tortured by a Death Eater, Bellatrix, Helena Bardu Carter, who is very much alive. Yet Neville's greatest fear is his own teacher. Can we talk about how fucked up Snape is as a teacher? To This kid's literally an orphan because his parents can't take care of him. And Snape's his greatest fear. Like someone dr- drove his parents insane by torturing him, but Snape is his greatest fear. Yeah, I think yeah, Neville's got his uh he's got his priorities probably mixed up a but, little bit. But um, like how fucked up of a teacher does Snape have to be to do that? I'll tell you because there's a scene left out in this movie from the book where Snape or in potions class they were supposed to be brewing something and Neville did it wrong and it could have been poisonous, and Snape said, All right, Neville, well, test out what it does on your pet toad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, Snape's got a problem with small animals. Wonderful. And he has a problem with Neville. His problem with Neville is uh, Neville could have, like, Harry or Neville could have been the prophecy child, but Neville was born a day earlier. Whoops. (laughs) And if Neville was the prophecy child, then Lily would still be alive. Ah, well, of course. And, like, isn't, like, Snape's in love with her or some shit like Uh, that? You could call it love or you could call it weird infatuation because he also called her a racial slur at one point probably weird infatuation and that racial slur you know that kind of goes along with the writer you know (laughs) which we have said numerous times is not suzanne collins we apologize (laughs) i am sorry suzanne collins i always have lapses of memory (laughs) right we we apologize to the writer of the hunger games suzanne collins yet again but um yeah, it's this movie is really good. Obviously, we get a great Gary Oldman performance. We get a great David Thewlis performance, and we I think even the kids like Grant and Watson have stepped up their game in this. Yeah, movie. this is where they are. So Grant becomes insufferable again in the next movie, but that's more his character than him. Yeah, which is but the one where he's movie- like. Which is the one where it's like a sitcom like plot where like he thinks. How Hermione and Harry are fucking or something. Oh, that's seven part one. Yeah, so that one, he's, he's going to suck in that one, I know that. <laughs> yeah, there are only two movies where Ron truly sucks as a character. Yeah. Yeah, he sucks. Well, you can find him annoying or not, but he doesn't suck as a character for most of the movies. Yeah, he's, he's just... He is what his character is you know he's supposed to be the sidekick yeah. and he's supposed to be that bah, 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 we're not landing we're crashing like that guy he's supposed to be that kind of sidekick and to his credit rupert grant does work pretty well as that character but mm-hmm. um yeah he does get a little bit better but oh you got a cat on your shoulder i do oh uh, well, she just ducked under <laughs> that was lana that was lana this time i don't know what she's doing She's our yelly one. She likes to yell for no reason. But you know, so if you hear a cat meowing at some point in this episode, it's probably her. Mm-hmm. But I'm I've got nothing else to say about these movies. Yeah, no. I Gary Oldman, big fan. He uh brought it up when we talked about Kung Fu Panda. I brought him up that he was the villain in Kung Fu Panda too. 
Talk about a movie that bring that has great villains. You got you got Ian McShane in the first one, Gary Oldman in the second one, and J.K. Simmons in the third one. Fucking right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Like Ian McShane, nowhere to be found in the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> I know. Now Ian McShane could have shown up as a professor. Is he is he Irish or Scottish? I'm not sure. I think he might be Irish though. So it's. It's kind of like, okay, maybe he didn't show up. He's, uh, well, no one, well, bury the goddamn lead on this one. Wow. You re- wow. Yeah. IMDb is of no help with this. But, um, yeah, he, uh, he's a famously, um, British of some kind actor. <laughs> and it, it is kind of shocking that he is not. And of course, you know, there's you no know, It was kind of crazy. I feel like Aiden Gillen should have shown up as an evil Slytherin at some point. Yeah, right? Like a little 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 finger in there. Yeah. And Rory McCann, the hound, should have showed up at some point as a very mean (laughs) as some sort of monster that they have to fight or something. No, no, no. He he has to be a good guy, but he has to be very upset about being a good guy. (laughs) He's like Snape's dick older brother. (laughs) You know? But yeah, but Ian McShane to clear up everything is from the United Kingdom. He's from England, yeah. So he definitely could have been it. Could have been in these movies. But well, we have many more uh, legendary British actors to come in these future movies, and uh, yes, we will. Uh, we will obviously get to them next week. So in the meantime, until we continue with movie number four next, four, five, and six next week, Mike, where can people find us on the internet? We are streaming on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Spotify retook Apple Podcasts as our lead listener base. Damn, it's just flip flopping. Um, we are also on several. We are on several other podcast streaming sites, thanks to Anchor. Uh, and you can find us on social media at Happy Hour Films on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a like, give us a comment, shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you all. Yeah, my uh, my podcast player of choice is the uh, Player FM app, and I've noticed that we are on that. <laughs> that just kind of showed up one day. I noticed, and I was like, "Holy shit, nice!" But um, yeah. So, uh, when I, I was at a wedding, on oh, I forgot. We should bring up that New Jersey is offering. They're doing their shot and a beer thing, where if you get if you get uh. If you get your vaccination, there are several participating New Jersey breweries who will give you a free beer. So if you like free beer, eh. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's it's a lot of um, it's a lot of breweries that we've talked about on yeah. this as well. And hold on, let me find it because I'm I'm just pulling it up now. All right, so we got we got Battle River which I don't think either of us have done. We got Bradley Beer. We got Bolero Snort, which we both talked about. Yeah, I've done Bradley Beer a couple times. Yeah, Brick City, Carton Brewing, Flounder Brewing, Flying Fish. We have also Gaslight, Hackensack, Cane Brewing, Little Dog, Magnify, and River Horse. I've done Magnify. Yeah. River Horse are also part of it. I think there are actually more. Yeah. that's the only one that comes up in like the official uh, tweet from Governor Murphy, which I don't know, man. It's a good idea, but 
is it a good idea? <laughs> you know, at the same time. <laughs> like, hey. what if these people get their reaction to the vaccine, like, while sitting mid-beer? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, fuck, I feel like hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you should go, like, I don't think you should get a shot and immediately go get a beer. I don't think that's, I don't think that's what we're hoping for here. <laughs> hey, why not? Do whatever you gotta do. You're invincible now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, you know, you aren't, in case anybody takes this as medical advice, you are not invincible after one shot. It's okay. You're not no. invincible at all after two shots. No, in <laughs> fact, I was bedridden after my shot for a little bit, but. <laughs> really? I felt nothing. I felt literally nothing. Car, car felt like hell for like a couple hours, but I felt nothing. I had a couple oh, shot number one, it was 12 hours of hell. Shot number two. It was like three days of uh, this stuffy nose and slight headaches suck. <laughs> Which one did you get? Uh, Moderna. Oh, you got the sick one. <laughs> the Pfizer one, from what I understand, is the one where it's like you're either sick for a couple hours or you're perfectly fine. Though also, the younger you are, you're the more likely you are to get uh, to get the side effects. So I'm super old because yeah, I had you fucking nothing. <laughs> literally nothing happening i just had a little bit of a sore arm That's you're in the same camp as my dad yeah old man over here old man <laughs> taking a vaccine like a champ unlike you punk kids <laughs> but as opposed to uh next week when we know that uh robert pattinson does not take it like a champ he yeah, no. uh, straight up gets capped but um, we will be talking about next week. We're going to be talking about four, five, and six uh, next week for our. Will Carrie be joining us? <laughs> uh, maybe. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But uh, we do have a guest for the final week, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, one of Mike's friends. Uh, we're going to have our drum roll, please. <laughs> our second female guest on the show. <laughs> it's been almost a year, and we've only had one female guest and it's been my lovely wife but we will have two this time and hopefully like bobby with lord of the rings i can find a way to ruin her favorite <laughs> franchise as well <laughs> and she has a very different opinion on snape than me so be prepared for that argument Ooh, fun can't wait but next week it's just gonna be mike and i uh trying to find ways to work liam neeson into Hogwarts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So until that time, I have been Ross Bacon. I've been Mike McGuigan. And we'll see you guys next time. So long.